Whoa, dudes, Michelangelo here from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original one. Yeah, and you are listening to Candare Podcast. It happens to be a tribute to comics and pop culture like yours truly, Cowabunga! everyone and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jake Runyon. And returning to the show this week uh, of staunch ambition and to also a little bit later talk a little bit about a Kickstarter he has going right now. We welcome back Brian Lau. Thanks so much for being back, Brian. Yo, hey, glad to be back, man. I uh, plucked my eyebrows and uh, trimmed my bikini line, so I'm ready. Well, you look stunning. Oh, thank <laughs> you. face for sure. radio. <laughs> I, put the, I put the camera right in that spot just to make sure wonderful you know it's like when you buy a new grill so you've got to have a cookout every weekend for a couple of months you you want people to know (laughs) what we're going to be doing today uh, with brian is uh, last time he was on the show he suggested a uh, a themed episode kind of in the same vein as we do what if but this was called of all time where we talk uh, just different Topics, the greatest yeah. and worst of it's all, all time. right there in the title. Yeah, exactly. If yeah. you can't follow yet, it's only going to get more confusing for you. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> I think we did the first one back in November. We did, yeah. So, uh, yeah, what yeah. was that? What was that? And that was the greatest fight scene. Fight, fight scenes scene. and villains, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. Oh, actually, and then the worst from so. underrated movies. That's oh, what it yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. correct. That was episode 212. Go check it out if uh, you have. We were talking before. about like Necron from Fire and Ice and all kinds of weird oh, yeah. stuff. That yeah. was some weird animation. Yeah, it was. Too. It's like Brodo's. I'll let you continue. Yeah, you can go off on that was fun. Already. That was the good old things. All right. So what we're going to be talking about today are first the best opening. I, I don't know. When we discussed this, it was like someone said credits, but I'm taking it like the best opening sequence to a movie. Yeah, the best opening slash credit sequence. Okay. Mind you, opening credits, not end credits. Cool. I did I did good then. Yeah, okay. And then we're also going to be talking about twist endings, the best of all time. Uh, I've got a few here on my oh, list. Sure. I think, uh, you know, there's a few that always come directly to mind when I you say twist ending. Yeah. But uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun doing this. And then after that, we're going to turn our attention over to Brian for a little bit and talk about his Kickstarter. But before we do that, Jake. It's that time, ladies and gentlemen, where I remind you to check us out on all of our social networking outlets. That's at CannedAirPod on Twitter and at Canned underscore Air on Instagram. Also, visit the website where you can check out our special guest page, contact us if you want to be on the show, and don't forget, your favorite podcast, that's us, Candare, your favorite, is on Patreon. So if you like what we do, throw a few bucks our way. It helps more than you can imagine. If you hit that $5 mark, you are part of the Founders Club. Yes, sir. Entitled yes, sir. to a special Patreon Founders-only podcast. Lots of extra behind-the-scenes goodness. You just, your mind can't even fathom how beneficial this will be. Exactly, exactly. Do and you we- want to be a social success? I do, well, who the hell doesn't? This is what it takes. Who doesn't? We're handing and you the key. We're recording another episode for that catalog this evening, which uh, will probably be up or very soon after this episode. That's is. a safe bet. But so right there, for $5 a month, you immediately get access to the Candare Fantasy Fight album that's on there. Plus, that's a fun one. The five episodes of the Patreon pod that are already out and access to every episode that comes out every month uh, there afterwards. So you're getting a lot of content for a little bit of money. 
And it goes, like Jake said, that little bit of support goes a long way. You ever seen those UNICEF commercials? (laughs) Same principle. You're saving a life right now. I wish people would hella drop big boxes of pennies by parachute into us. Let me get some of that, some of that foreign aid. I'll take some MREs. Right, there we are. All right, let's kick this off. Let's get right into this conversation of all time. Let's start with the openings, the best movie openings of all time. Oh, I got you guys beat, but I'll let you go first. Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind, uh, and I, I can't say that these are the best of all time, but they are certainly memorable. Guardians of the Galaxy movies, both oh, of them. yeah. Strong yeah. openings. Strong. Great music, yeah. great dance sequence. emotional impact. I mean, it just has one. you bobbing in your chair yeah, before, yeah. The, you know, by the time the movie starts, you're already in it. Which one was better, the first or the second? Probably the first, I think. It was more impactful. Remind me the the first one again. It's uh, Star-Lord. He's going on that, like, uh, abandoned planet to find Yeah, yeah, and he's stomping about the ruins, kicking space rats. Yes. He's like, listen to Come Get Your Love or something like that. Uh, It was just a very cool opening. (laughs) And the Groot one was cool, too, but it's just the fact that they relied on cute baby Groot uh, to win over an audience. Yeah. I, I was well. very down with the song choice. The song choice was awesome, and despite that, I mean, it was awesome. But of all time, that's a good. That's I don't good. Think I, so. I have to go with the second one. I like. I like the baby group, man. I just. Oh, I, don't I get me that. wrong. I do too. It just seems like a uh, a cheap move after that little <laughs> scene from the first movie. At the end of yeah, the movie, yeah. did so well with the baby group. It's like, oh, well, we've got to milk the shit out of it, this. It just it reeks of rewrite. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I oh, feel yeah. like. That was not the angle until the critical reception of Baby Groot. And, like, I I don't know. I don't know, guys. Whatever. It's in the past. There's no fixing it now. I want to throw my vote for uh, the opening sequence. Mind you, not mind-blowing. Probably not even as good as either of the Guardians of the Galaxies, but Thor Ragnarok. Hmm. With immigrant song playing while he fights through the minions of uh, who was it, Surtur the fire giant? He's nah, down you're in the depths. Yeah. Is that where they use that song? I thought they used that at the end of the they used movie. It twice. Did they really? They use it in the opening when he's imprisoned, and, and then, then on near the, the end on the bridge where he's yeah, you know, okay. he's going full dynamo. So that's just kind of his theme song. That's his thing, and it's perfect because you know. You know what <laughs> I you know what I loved about that sequence was is 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 it included when he's hanging from the chains? Talking to uh, oh yeah absolutely I mean, that's how right I okay that what I loved about it I'm watching it and he's hanging from the chains and and they're talking and having a conversation and and then like they say I don't know a few sentences and I'm thinking in my head oh come on he's hanging and he happens to be facing him and then soon as I start thinking that all of a sudden he starts rotating and it turns into this whole bit and I was like okay thank you because I was just <laughs> thinking that there Bullshit. you go. I called you on your bullshit, but then you 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 paid me back in dividends. <laughs> Loved it. I, I'll have to watch again. I, I remember the chain and everything you're talking about, Brian, but uh, I don't remember yeah. the fight there. What about you, Brian? Uh, actually, I just came up with this one now because I put a little bit more thought into the uh, the best uh, twist any, but this one probably sh- is it, man. It's uh, it's both was from movies, but it started out in a TV show called Police Squad. So the opening sequence in Naked Gun movies, 
where you have the 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 uh, cop car siren going, and it's, it's just, just driving yeah. through everything, that like the through best. the girls' locker room, through the, uh, <laughs> the pizza those. delivery. The I mean, I I can't even remember everything it drives through, but but that's the opening sequence to to and and I think what these all three have in common is. It gets you right in the mood for what you need to be in the mood for. So, like, you're seeing uh, the siren, the police, but it's ridiculous. And so they used to do that in the show as well. I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, um, what I call it? I can't even remember what it was called now. Did you say Police Squad, I think? Yeah, Police Squad. It started out as a TV show. I've never seen the show. Yeah, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Oh, there's... There's one uh, episode where it ends. And you know how a lot of these shows used to end like a pause? What, this kind of ties into twist any, I guess. But so they would have it where they they're in the um, the uh, the police uh, headquarters or whatever, and uh, and instead of actually pausing the film, they all all the characters just pause. And they had some scene where the movie where or this episode where there was a monkey that they had in there, and the monkey's like, and they're all looking around and acting like they're paused, but the monkey's kind of like moving around as a. Um, they're all trying to stay still. So, yeah, you got to check that out because uh, actually some of the jokes uh, carry over to the uh, the movies as well. So, were they so Police Squad and Naked Gun? Were they actually like happening in the same universe? Or are they two separate things? Same actors. It was uh, uh, what was the act? The main actor was Leslie, it really? Uh, so it Leslie was... Nielsen, right? Leslie Nielsen and the other sidekick guy. Same actors. Yeah, man, it was awesome. I mean, it would do. They, they would be behind something. That. With the gun, oh, you gotta watch these episodes. The gunfire shooting, and the guy's like, "Cover me!" And then he'll go to run, and then the guy throws a blanket on him. I mean, it was the same kind of humor, you know. It was ridiculous, but I didn't yeah. And then it's that. So it was a show based on the Naked Gun that had Leslie Nielsen and uh, miscellaneous guy, actor number two. I think the TV show came first. I'm not oh, I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. I need to look, look into this. I, I was a big fan of those movies. I oh, yeah. I saw uh, one or two yeah. of them in the theater. What was that one? I think Spy Hard or something. That's to what that I fact. saw. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, Spy Hard. There's oh, that, that one's I'll great. I'll never forget. He's, he's talking to one of the primary villains, and he's like, so it was you who bombed such and such or did this thing. It's like, signal yes by shooting yourself in the head three times. <laughs> he just lets that line slip right by like it's the most natural thing in the world. Or Or... Or the movie that was a spoof off The Fugitive, and it's called, uh, the title is probably the best joke. Wrongfully Accused. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the worst title. We should have did worst titles in the world. That would win. I don't know if I've seen Wrongfully Accused. Oh, it's good. You gotta see that one. Uh, You can imagine what it's like, I'm sure. (laughs) I mean, it's the same kind of humor. Absolutely. Yeah. So Police Squad first appeared in 1982. And then I'm going to look up. Wasn't O.J. Simpson also in a few of those Naked Gun movies? Oh, man, you're right. All of them. Wasn't he in all of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he had the whole bit where he was just completely abused. Yeah, he got beat the fuck up all the time. (laughs) 1988 was the first Naked Gun movie. So, yeah, the Police Squad squad was uh, 1982, so way before the movies. I'll be looking that up. Well, there you have it. My brother and I would watch that, man. It was just like, you know, it was just like dessert. It was awesome. So. <clears throat> we uh, also were asking people on Facebook and on Twitter uh, to tell us what they thought their favorite openings were. And one of the responses I have here, uh, actually from a buddy I work with, 
on Facebook. Uh, Chris, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. So, Chris, I'm so sorry, man, <laughs> if I butcher this, but it, I think it's uh, Minich Weber. But uh, Chris said he mentioned a few, both solid choices. Oh, yeah, those two are... Um, those were like my picks. Is the yeah, I was just going to say, you <laughs> yeah. mentioned the, the one, the Watchmen. Uh, my God. That is one That's of the it. best openings. Whatever your opinion of the movie Watchmen was, like, oh, it's straight from the comics, oh, I didn't like this casting, whatever. It gave us the best Watchmen music video of all mm. time. Right? If they had was, stopped at the end of that sequence, I'd have been like, yeah, I got my tickets worth out of this. Yeah, it was gorgeous. But, was that what the comedian in the beginning where he gets thrown out the window or is it before that? Yeah, right before after that, that, like when they're doing the opening credits, there's the, the Bob Dylan song. Oh, I guess it does come after that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. the times are changing. Oh, so Plays good. while they show a bunch of stills of yeah, like, like Captain oh, Metropolis yeah. and Mothman. It gets you and, kind of into the time. The, the time yeah, and, and it, like I remember one exactly. of the stills was like a caped hero with his cape caught in, in the a rotating door. door shot had been death. shot yeah. to death, yeah. Then you get, uh, what was it? I think Silhouette was her name. Like, she's the sailor in that classic yes. pick at the end of yes. like, VJ Day or whatever. Next scene, she's like murdered in a hotel room. Or Oh, God. So gnarly. Such a, oh, man, so amazing. But yeah, yeah. the other one he mentions here that never even came to mind, which is another strong candidate, the opening to Deadpool. Oh, yeah. That whole slow Ooh, thing. perfect. Oh, and what, what song played over that? Just call me Angel. You were the yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. the best thing that about was... that sequence is that it opens up slow-mo and everything's going at a snail's pace. And then right as things settle in, it fires back to, like, real time. Right. You know, and the dude gets decapitated and the other one slams into this and then the cars roll. Oh, it's the best. It was it the was choreography incredible. of the camera work through oh, the car. Just is, magical. It's intelligent. I mean it's it's not just, you know, like thrown together, man. They put a lot of thought in that. It's it's beautiful. I can't wait for the second one. That should be coming yeah, out really well, soon too, it's right? Gonna be, it's gonna be a blasty blast. Thanos oh, yeah. and cable. Josh Brolin. Dude, how He's just, the, he's the man. He's the fucking man. And then there you got Tom Hardy doing Venom yeah. and Bane. I'm excited for that. I know you guys are lukewarm on it. I say you guys. What, Venom? Not necessarily. I mean, like, you and Jack. Yeah. But I'm cautiously optimistic. With what, Venom? Venom. Uh-huh. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I am, too. I am, too, because I'm like, I guess it's maybe more curiosity. I'm going to do Venom without, really, Spider-Man. So my understanding is that Venom's going to not have Spider-Man at all. I hope so. I don't know. I, I hope they play it that I way. I hope it takes kind of like a, uh, a Suicide Squad deal where, you know, you know, how Batman poked his head in that movie, but he yeah, wasn't. Yeah. It's the centric character. Right. That's what I would think. But um, I don't know. Just everything I've seen thus far tells me it's going to be a hot, steamy <laughs> pile of crap. And I hope I'm <laughs> that wrong. That couldn't be any worse than Spider-Man 3. I'm I hope I'm wrong. When, uh, when nine people agree on something, it is the responsibility of the tenth to explore the alternative, Jeremy. Uh-huh. I am that tenth man. Okay. I'm putting my <laughs> I'm putting it forth right now that there's a chance it could be very interesting. There's a chance it could be amazing. Yeah. It looks like they're doing uh, Gwen Stacy in there. There was a I like one. There was a girl that fit the profile in that trailer. Oh, on that same note, I would like to put forth a potentially unpopular opinion. Toby Maguire, best Spider Man. Oh, I totally agree. Oh, I'm glad we're on the same page. Totally. Oh, I got tired of his whiny ass voice when he was Spider Man, though. I, I he was perfect. I have Peter Parker. He had the that balance between the 
authentic Peter Parker geek that uh, the the book started out with. And then um, he's a great actor. So, but then I don't know. I started to get tired of him, his voice, the sound of his voice when he was. I can get that. I'd say go ahead and ignore the third movie and. Oh yeah, the first oh, the second one is the second one's my favorite. Alfred Molina's Doctor Octopus oh. is a fucking inspired casting. Yeah, it's, it it's in my mind, it's every bit as good a casting as. Um, uh, oh no, what's his name that plays Jameson? J. Jones. Oh, uh, oh, that was God, is he good? S- yeah, Fit Simmons. Sim- Simmons. And have you seen any J.K. Simmons? Simmons. Any attempt in any of these other movies to even bring in the Bugle or J. Jonah no. Jameson. And God, he was so and good. He was I, so good. I mean, he was amazing. Source material. If you're going off source material, I mean, it's the most accurate, man. That's it. It's, it's, it's the yes. Spider-Man movie that needed to be made. It, it was, yeah, it but, they, but well. they didn't no. get the quips from Spider-Man, though, right? They got you know him right, but they didn't get Spider-Man right. I mean, not until the Garfield ones did you start getting the quips. I think maybe they had one time where he's, he's you know supposed what? to be a jokester, man, a sarcastic jokester. I thought the quippiness was a little forced in the Garfield movies. Oh, no. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I don't know. That's, I just, Spider-Man's I, my favorite. I enjoyed those movies. I enjoyed yeah. the Andrew Garfield movies, but he just wasn't Spider-Man. He was like this misunderstood skateboarding, right. hipster, emo kid that, you know, every chick would be falling over for. Mm-hmm. That's not Spider-Man. That's no. not Peter Parker. That's what makes Spider-Man so relatable, because he's a loser. Right. You know, you're like, oh, sh- I know It's that the feeling. fact that he's that right. whiny little dweeb, and, and, my favorite, and that turns out to be yeah, the hero. Yeah. That's so incredible. And just the best well, thing in the world, in that first movie, I'd love, this is what sticks with me, is when he, he's bitten, then he's bedridden, and the morning he wakes up, and he's buff, and he does that little acrobatic walking on the wall move on the way down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Something about that really resonated with me. I was like, yeah, that's exactly the kind of shit I would do. Yeah. If I were suddenly lean and lithe and athletic, I'd be all mm. over the goddamn place. And I felt it. You right. know, that yes. character meant something to me. Yeah. Those movies definitely, like like, like I said, they didn't age well. No. I mean, a lot of the dialogue. Oh, God. The first one, the Power Ranger, Green Goblin. I, lo- I love uh, um, Willem Dafoe. Weird Al's line. Badass. Weird Al's line. He goes, the Power, or he goes, the Green Goblin was scarier without his mask. <laughs> They wasted his potential. That's the God's honest truth. If you would have cast anyone else in that role and put the helmet on him, okay, whatever. It's still not my favorite choice, but whatever. But Willem Dafoe? There, the dude is the goblin. He, well, then he should have had a, a not a metal mask. He should have had more of a like something that formed on his face. That's what I'm saying. You know what he should have had is something yeah, nice okay. and simple, like sort of like that uh, samurai mask kind of deal. That's like half face, like below the nose, almost like Hannibal Lecter's little restraint Ooh. mask. Mm, something yeah. simple that gives his face lots of free range for expression, especially in the eyes. Like but an it, oxygen thing, like yeah, while he's yeah. airborne. But it sells that inhumanity, you know. And I mean, the way seen... they kind of handled that in the Andrew Garfield movies with the Green Goblin, yeah. was a bit more acceptable. I, think I so. mean, it was still in its own right, kind of oh, yeah. weird because it felt kind of tacked on. Yeah, like, very much so. If they had skipped the whole electro angle and went straight for Green Goblin, I think I would have been more on board. Yeah, because I really didn't give a shit about I, electro. Who cares? Yeah, it's kind of a douche. But yeah, especially the new Electro. The old one was tight. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen Shadow of the Vampire with Willem Dafoe? Uh-uh. Oh my god, it's a Halloween classic for me. It's the story of the making of the actual movie Nosferatu, 
but fictionalized. Mm, okay. The story being that the director found an actual vampire, yeah. the vampire. I, yeah, and Willem Dafoe was that vampire. Ooh. And it's just his expression. He's like a little paler, and he's bald, and he's fucking terrifying. And I, God, he's the greatest. Oh, does he have kids? Because, I mean, I can't I imagine how you would grow up with that kind of a <laughs> how would you struggle. Start? I assume he had some kids at one point, and then, like, he ate them during a hard winter. <laughs> yeah, so, they, you know, they didn't suffer too much. No. Unfortunately. It was out of mercy that he ate them, because, you know, they would have had to grow up looking at him. We should all be thanking Willem Dafoe that he has allowed us to live. Yeah. <laughs> Man. You know, they should have just cast someone else to play the green guy, uh, Harry Osborne. Yeah. And then, or, uh, wait, is it Harry the father? Or? Harry's the son. Son, Norman uh, Norman. Norman, yeah, they should have had some actor. And then when he became Green Goblin, then they had William Dafoe. <laughs> throw a green face paint on there. Then you would have shit your pants in the theater. Oh, no. Yeah. Hey, mm. remember when we were talking about credit sequences? Mm-hmm. Hey, no, I, I got the segue because, actually, I wanted to mention a couple. One, one of them was actually the Spider-Man movies. Oh, well, because I mean, huge credit sequence for me as a comic book geek, and Spider-Man's always been my favorite. So, and the thing I loved about him, which why I had I had mentioned I didn't love how they didn't make him as sarcastic and that, but the going to see Spider-Man, I think it was two when the credit sequence comes on and they're showing Alex Ross, and it was the perfect mesh and blend of major motion picture movies with a with a, a love or tip of the hat to the actual comics where they kind of recapped the things that had happened oh, and i mean yes. I, i'm like they're showing they took an actual artist from the comic book industry and implemented him into the movie and i was like i was just like i I thought that was the perfect call. I forgot about that. That is like a really high quality touch. Because like, the camera kept like weaving in and out of like a spider web, and then those illustrations were like in different pieces of the web. You know, we don't get shit like that anymore because that was back when comic book movies were not the norm. Mm-hmm. This was a special thing. You're like, oh my, a Spider Man yes. movie? Yeah. You know, so yeah, they, they did something interesting to tie it into the comic medium. Now it's just like, oh. Comic book movies, yeah, that's what makes the Billboard top ten, you know, year after year. I am so sick of hearing people say how wonderful Spider-Man: Homecoming was and how they nailed it. <laughs> they nailed Spider-Man. They, in no way, shape, or form, did that at all. They didn't nail him at all. Oh, I love this actor uh, the best. Uh, who's that? <laughs> Oh, the new the new kid playing Spider-Man and Peter Parker? Oh, Tom Holland. Yeah, for yeah. sure. No. Now, let me clarify. I think he's great. Sure. He plays a great Spider-Man. I like his age. I like his attitude. All okay. well and good. But it is there's nothing linear to the source material. It's like they took the character and just the best little elements throughout the yeah. franchise. I shouldn't want to want to touch Aunt May inappropriately, you know? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. It's not fair. Well, that's that's why I lean to the Andrew Garfield for two things. Andrew Garfield is a brilliant actor. They did, I thought, you're right, there was problems with him as Peter Parker, the way it was written. I mean, he could have acted anything they wrote. So the problem was how they wrote Peter Parker. But the Spider-Man, I thought, was spot on. His quips and his energy. But then the uh, Andrew Garfield ones started with um, Gwen Stacy. So I was like, okay, 
nailing it there, nailing it here, and maybe they didn't handle it perfectly, but at least that's Spider-Man. So I think one of the big problems you're having with the new one, Homecoming, is not only do they not have Gwen Stacy, but oh, Mary, it looks like Mary Jane is nothing like in the comics. Oh my God, not at all. I could have cared less about the Ned character. <laughs> Spider-Man's first suit shouldn't have AI in it that he can sit and have conversation Dude, right with. Right off the rip, it's got to be shitty and handmade. Exactly. Yeah. That's... Well, they had that in there. What? When? He made his own crappy suit, and then he, the suit he got from uh, Tony Stark was uh, taken away from him, so he went back to it. I, I feel like mm. the Iron Spider is such a cool thing in the Civil War arc. It cuts such an yeah. awesome profile. But you've got to earn that, Marvel. This is like the first time I've leveled against them, like, not being patient enough. Oh, for sure. You can't jump right into advanced Spider-Man, mm -hmm. you know? But they did. They're just like, uh, Tony Stark's his benefactor. He's practically got a super suit. Uh, Spider-Man, guys, are you ready? Like, it just felt... Like, already in this age of... Or this uh, uh, Infinity War... Or what's it called? Is it War? Infinity War? Infinity War, yeah, yeah. Coming out... Um, He's already in his uh, metal suit, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, that just irked me. I, I, yeah, I understand I, there's supposed to be things that happen between these movies, you know? He's... I don't know. I don't like it at all. At all. Yeah, and I, I, you can't get any better than the classic Spider-Man suit. I mean, the, his his red and blue suit is iconic, and it's it's never going to age. That, it's, that it's design perfect, you know? is immaculate. That design is was cutting edge, and, and, and I, it just never gets old. So, like, yeah, you do kind of lose a little bit when you don't, you're kind of going into this Iron Man suit. I get I get where you're coming from on that, but they did have him start out in like a you know, cheap, crappy thing he made. So. Yeah, but it wasn't the same. It was too quick. It wasn't it was the same quick. at all. It was you're just right. like a hoodie with like some goggles he put on, and you know, very much like Jake pointed out. The appeal to Spider-Man for me, and I can think several times over the years reading Spider-Man and having this thought pop into my head, but just the fact that it is some home-sewn suit and yeah. seeing him like in you know these big events like Civil War, or House of M, or whatever it was, alongside all these titans, you know, Thor, God of Thunder, the <laughs> Iron Man with his impenetrable suit, and then there's just this dude in this home-sewn shitty cloth yeah. suit and you're like and why don't you wear kid. armor it's because he doesn't need to he's so yeah. fucking agile and he's got such a, a jump on the game right. I don't the know. best defense is not being there when the blow lands right 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 and it's like he just went straight from little league to the fucking mlb mm -hmm. you know there was no went from a to c there was no b in the middle yeah. but my, the villain they got the villain i thought they got the villain right marvel struggles in my opinion with villains too often and so michael keaton is was oh, he great, was great and they did the villain well so i i, I enjoyed it and i'm you know i at least i my bar's high so i was happy that at least I, it wasn't perfect and it had problems but i did enjoy it so but yeah michael keaton really made that movie a lot better They've all got problems, even yeah. Tobey Maguire's for sure. Like, oh, the fact that no, the webbing just came right out of his arm always yeah, irritated yeah. the fuck out of me. But um, like he had to earn that in the comics. He was like, he built that. By yeah. A, well, yeah, he built it, and then later on it became organic. Mm -hmm. There was some kind of weird Spider Queen interaction, and he like hatched himself, and then suddenly, it, I don't know. But he also yeah. what about Uncle Ben? Uncle yeah, that was cool. Uncle Ben's death was. To me, in uh, the first Spider-Man, didn't you know that should have been moving, and I I could give a shit. His uncle died. It the way they did it, I didn't feel it, but I did in the second one when he, Aunt May 
was kind of dealing with the loss of Uncle Ben, and he was he was she was trying to give him money for his birthday, and he mm. knew that she was struggling, and the whole thing that Uncle Ben wasn't there to help her pay her bills, and all of a sudden I was hitting the gut with the, the loss of Uncle Ben, but the yeah. first movie I just it was like whatever, it didn't hit me. So. No, I get it, I get it, man, I just. New Aunt May, she, she's cute, but I just, mm. every time, it's like all I can think about is Rome, Rosemary Harris crying through the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> it just throws it all off. I can't think about the New Aunt May at all. It just makes this sharp right. What was she screaming? Keep up! From evil! <laughs> Finish it! Oh, it's so awesome. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. (laughs) Deliver us! Finish it! Finish it! so bad wasn't uh, it? it was bad wasn't it, was, it? Uh, in the best way but at the time it wasn't that bad no it worked <laughs> at the time oh my god the second one's the best yeah, yeah. oh yeah it is I think the best of them all <laughs> fetish all right, well. <laughs> okay we gotta get this conversation going okay <laughs> uh, were there any other openings we had to mention yeah I'd like to talk about um, the day of the dead I guess you'd call it remake with Ving Rhames and others. I don't think anyone was more the famous. Than, yeah. Okay. I don't know if you remember with uh, Johnny Cash playing, you know, when the man comes around. And, like, just the montage of all the chaos. Like, in the Middle East, there's an outbreak. Reporters getting torn apart. You know, people on the streets hitting each other, smashing yeah. into gas stations. Yeah, 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 yeah. It really set the vibe. You were like, ooh, it's already hit the fan. Like, this is not one of those early moments of the outbreak type of things. It's this is already you're in the shit. Right. Yeah. And I just thought it was wonderful. Song choice, impeccable. I thought it was it was really, really cool. Hmm. I I'll have to watch it again. I've you seen should. it. It's I've seen it and I can was it like somewhat in slow motion uh, to the song? I mean not full slow mo, but maybe Maybe a couple of sequences. <clears throat> I remember a lot of stuff happening just sort of as it happened. Because it was a lot of like news clips and aerial photos and stuff. Right. I'll have to watch it again. That was a great movie. Though. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, just different enough. Mm-hmm. And it really cemented in my head that uh, shambling zombies are fine. Sprinting zombies, Mm-mm. I cannot handle. That's the old oh, the takeaway for me. That scares like when they the holy that, hell out of me. The back dock door to, like, oh, where they were going to back that bus up. Yeah. And those there was, like, four or five of them just come sprinting. Yeah, and the one turns and you see he's Is missing it? an arm. You're like, no, no, no. Yeah. Is that the first? I mean, what's the first zombie movie where you got some freaking zombies who are, like, running track? 
I, and, and it just jolts you. I can't remember I the almost first think time I saw that. that, that because like Night enough. of the Living Dead, they're very slow. Original yeah. Day of the Dead, still really slow. So on, so yeah, forth. Yeah, I can't think of any other before that, that that had them in that light. Like just because I would be, I'd, I'd be fucked. I, I mean, that would be it. I would yeah, just because you get so like, used to them being out. slow. If they were it's slow so walkers and like, oh, zombie apocalypse sucks, but get yourself one of those like <laughs> one of those bite proof shark suits, right? And you just right? like, muscle your way through. We've all been to mosh pits before. That's one thing I've never understood about like in The Walking Dead. Like, why don't you guys go get some kind of armor and always wear it when you yeah, leave? The maximum bite it. strength of these zombies is still at the human level, right? You know, nobody's teeth are going to chew through an iron plate. You get some scrap metal, bend it into a rough cylinder, strap that shit to your arms. Yeah, I guess the watchers, though, don't want to see, uh, what's that dirty guy's name? Um, <laughs> uh, Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus. With the hair that's like... <laughs> They'd that rather see got... his bulging biceps <laughs> than see them strapped down with phone books and shit. I tell you what, he's got some <laughs> impeccable aim for never moving the hair out of his face. <laughs> Must just have some sixth sense. They're his crosshairs, if you will. Oh! Oh, shit. <laughs> That's the best that one I've ever it. uttered That's on camera. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> no, that was good. I like that. All right. Any other ones? Man, I'm just so stuck on Watchmen as one of my absolute favorites. You know what? Oh, kind of interesting. Certainly not one of the best. In fact, I thought it was a little cheesy. Don't get me wrong. I liked the movie a lot, even though it got a lot of like critical reception. Mm. It wasn't great. Uh, Apocalypse. X-Men Apocalypse. I thought the intro sequence where they're going through all the different epochs of humanity and Mm -hmm. you get those little indicators of where you're at. Oh, you mean like the, like when the, uh, like the actual X-Men banner comes up. Yeah, yeah. And you're going through that little tech tunnel of all the stuff. Because you go, you go through like a quick world or no, first it shows Christ with the cross on his back, then (laughs) the pyramids and then World War II and that's, it's very cool stuff. And not to mention the whole early sequence where, um, Apocalypse is transferring bodies and there's that whole sabotage angle yeah and that one (laughs) such a good movie I love that movie I don't know what her subset of powers is but that woman holds out her hands and two guards are just blasted to dust and bone against the wall every time I see that I'm like oh shit like it catches me off guard every time X-Men Apocalypse uh huh yes okay so you guys like that I want to see that people dog that people always dog the X-Men movies and uh I, sometimes I can see why, but I always get a kick out of them regardless. Sure. Um, and honestly, I'm more Everything excited but about last stand. a new <laughs> X-Men movie than the next Marvel movie. You know, if you know what I mean, like the, the Marvel the Studios. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, First Class was kind of out there. I really, really enjoyed Days of Future Past. I that thought was, that was good. Oh, that was solid. Yeah. That was probably their strongest entry. And I thought Apocalypse was yes. just as solid. I thought it was cool. Oh, really? It was a great movie, yeah. I don't know why people were dogging it, really. Um, If I've got one complaint, I think it's got that kind of third act syndrome where the scope gets a little out of hand. How so? I think a lot of these movies run the problem of making their problem too global while the response is still the same core group you're used to. Like, by the end, Magneto is like this this conduit for Apocalypse's power. And he's creating this city complex of like metals shaped into these rough pyramidal structures and it's like that's a huge deal like he's manipulating the the magnetic field of the earth to Mm -hmm. accomplish this but the people reacting to it are still just 
Xavier's class. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I feel like the implications of what was happening were a little too far-reaching, but that's me being kind of nitpicky. Well, you mean, like, there should have been, like, a global response to I, it I rather think, than just, like, a handful of teenagers yeah, with gifts? Yeah. I would think, A, there would either be a global response, or B, it should be more of a veiled threat. Yeah, because it just shows all those guys in that underground bunker going like, we're looking at oh, worldwide shit. devastation in five <laughs> yeah. minutes, and they all kind of just look at each other and shrug their shoulders like, look, I guess we just have an orgy or something, you know, what do we right. do? Oh, and you know what, this isn't an opening sequence, but our, my favorite bit in that movie is when Apocalypse fires mankind's nuclear arsenal yes. off into space, and he's got that line, it's like, you can sling arrows from the Tower oh, of Babel, but you will never strike God, or yes. something. I'm like, oh shit! Like, that was one and of those the things. voice, like, the, where his voice so goes, good. like, you're hearing two different yeah. octaves in there. Oh. I love, I am powerless against that, that shit. Was a, that is my jam. That was Poe Dameron. Yeah, yeah, it was. He was damn good. Oscar Isaac, man, he's the best. Yeah, he Ooh, really is. Yeah. Wow, I got an X-Men boner. I know, right? <laughs> All right. Any other openings? Got one of those adamantium. X, X, X-Men boner. <laughs> Whoa. There it is. There it is. We got the puns today. All right. No more openings? We good to move no, on? No, I think we covered I like, think the, I'm good, the best eh? of the best. I'm, I'm sure there's a million of them that are actually amazing <laughs> that we haven't touched, of course. But oh, that, was just, that was just what we were doing. I have one here I totally forgot to mention. Oh. And I, I'm not putting this in the category of uh, best of all time because it's horrible what it is. But my God, it's I've only ever seen it one time and it was so memorable. The opening sequence to American History X, Bite the Curb. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean. That sticks with you. Damn. <laughs> you never forget that. No. Yeah. Because you feel it. They, I don't even think they showed it, did they? Not not the whole angle, but you know what's happening. You know what's like, happening, yeah. and that's enough. Yeah. My Ugh. God, that was horrific. The thought of that is horrendous. Yeah. It really is. But anyway, I had to throw that one in yeah, there really no, quick. No, we don't need to focus on it because it's so freaking uh, dark matter, you know? Gnarly. But anyway, moving on. Should we determine an opening winner now, or should we say that for the end? If we determine a winner now, I want to cast my vote for Watchmen. Mm, Brian, okay. about you, Brian? Uh, well, I don't think I'm leaning toward my pick. <laughs> yeah, I'm you sorry. Know, I, I I like the the police uh, 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 naked gun opening. Is uh, I'm kind of biased to that. Mm, but of all time, you think it's best of all time of what's been mentioned here? Oh... Yeah, I mean, it's to me, it just comes, you know, I mean, from the show to then becoming the movie and it's kind of unique and just it's a little different. I just I like it. I mean, yeah. Why? I mean, I'm a sucker for, you know, Zack Snyder is brilliant visuals. And so, you know, Watchmen technically is obviously better, but just for fun and something different and creativity in that respect. I, I love that naked gun sequence. Yeah, I, I totally get it. I totally understand. They're definitely priceless. I mean, is, is this a unit? Does it have to have to be unanimous here? Or what, what no one's keeping score. We're all friends. No. I'm going to have to agree with Jake on that. That Watchmen <laughs> in your face, Brian. No, <laughs> and no, no. I mean, whatever. <laughs> this is bullshit. It, it Bull. was impactful. It was beautiful. It was nothing short of art. It was gorgeous. And you don't ever hear that song. Since then, and not think about it. It changes you. Yeah. So that, yep, I'm going to yep. give it to the Watchmen. Good on you, Chris. Good well, on you. Gun didn't have the same budget, so whatever. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. 
throw money at it and then why wouldn't no, Christmas you're right, lights though. accomplish you know what however many millions did. <laughs> all right let's now go for the best twist endings in a movie and i'll join you on that so who would like to name? start you want to go first brian or uh well i could start with uh some of, like i don't know maybe getting a few of the pretty um obvious i guess ones out of the way we uh, put a, a post out and got some feedback from Let's see, we we got a Jeff Seifert, Seifert, and he's going to go with uh, Fight Club. Did not see that coming. Ah, so that's a good one. Brilliant that's movie. Good one. You know, it's brilliant funny. I, I never okay. think of that as a twist ending because I had the twist spoiled for me the very first time I saw oh, Fight Club. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm I was hurt. on vacation with my family years and years and years ago, and I was in the hotel room. We are getting ready to go somewhere, and Fight Club was on. I've been watching it from the beginning. I was maybe 25, 30 minutes in. And my dad's like, all right, time to go. And I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, hang on. Let me just, we need to find out if we can rent this or something when we get home. I want to finish. He's like, oh, uh, Brad Pitt's not real. I was like, I could have watched it when we got oh, back. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, what? like what? that would satisfy Child everything. Child abuse. Like, oh, okay, let's go. <laughs> Gee, man. But that still, that's a, that's a strong contender. Yeah, it is. No, that's the best. That that story just made me think of uh, the uh, that other M. Night Shyamalan movie. Um, Signs with Bruce Willis? No, no, that's not Signs. Sixth Sense. No, not that one either. Um, Unbreakable. The Village. Oh. <laughs> the Village. Oh. Unbreakable is on my list, though. That was a good one. I enjoyed yeah, that yeah. twist ending. But no, The Village, like, we went to the theater, I think, to see that maybe, and... Within the first five minutes, I had it figured out. I was like, "Oh, this is modern day." We should, is it, should we put a spoiler alert on this because we're oh, about to spoil the fuck out of these a bunch are not of movies. New but, films. People okay. listen to this and they're like, "They're gonna give away twist endings." Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, sorry. But uh, no, yeah. so you were saying the village? Uh, it didn't do any. Didn't do it for me. I just. Well, I mean, like I knew it right away because, like, the first thing they do is they start showing a bunch of. Uh, items on the ground things that when you look at them historically like shouldn't be next mm. to each other and i was like immediately like, oh it's present day and that sucks because you know it i didn't realize it at first i just kind of you know it hit me and i was like oh it was like a huge letdown for me because i was really on board when they were like a besieged community in the woods fighting right. off pigmen it looked like orcs or right razor boar looking it was cool and then I was like, mm, this is garbage. But then you got to mention the Sixth Sense, which is another, you know, I, we've got some votes for that one. And the probably Sixth Sense the is most probably famous. the Oh, yeah. Epic. I always and think... I did not see that coming. Sorry, Brian, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, go ahead. I just, I just didn't see that one coming. So I um, <clears throat> always wonder with the village, though, if his objective was to <clears throat> make somewhat of a statement on... Uh, religion at all you know if oh yeah the the kind of seclusionist nature the 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 mystical beast in the woods that keeps everyone in line yeah in order don't mess up or the beast will come and get you you and drag you off to hell or whatever you know I don't know, maybe he wasn't, but I, I mean, I think I, he kind of I would was. have to imagine that. Yeah. Now. And it was heavy-handed enough that it would be Very like heavy-handed, yes. Some oh, very yeah. kind of arrogant filmmaker's mm-hmm. idea of a, of a commentary on religion. Exactly, a commentary. But, Thank but you, you know, talking about uh, Unbreakable, 
which yeah. had that great Mr. Glass dynamic, which mm. I thought probably his best movie. I think that Ooh, director, his? Shyamalan. Same, okay. Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> certainly his best movie. Did you ever see that movie that came out semi-recently with James McAvoy? It was yes, called Split. Split. Yes. Do you remember oh, the I very haven't seen end? It. Yes. No, no, don't. can't spoil it. No, I'm kidding. Go no? Ahead. Okay, good. There's another strong twist, kind of building, because it was one of those twists that didn't fundamentally change the story. Or no, no, hang on. Well, the movie itself had already ended by the time this yes. was. So, this so it doesn't didn't even... change your perception of the story. No, you're it just like, recontextualize the story. Right. So it's mm. one of those twists that doesn't change so much as it adds to. Uh-huh. And I thought that was a really nice touch. It was, and I'm excited because I keep hearing that uh, that what glass is going to be the name of it. The, oh, the really? Movie. Yeah, there's gonna, they're making. He's making another one. Oh, that's cool. I'm down with that. And you know, obviously, seeing now that Split, you know, and James McAvoy character, all happens in the same universe. Yeah. You know, that could it be makes his, more sense. What we saw in Split may have been like a a villain origin. Oh, sure. Ah, I don't know. And hey, good on him for portraying that character or characters, I guess, as well as he did. You know, jumping back and forth. Oh, he was. All these he was what twenty different people <laughs> yeah, in that something movie. Like it that. was amazing. Yeah. It was truly amazing. It was wild. Um, but I would love to see, and you know, it's probably too cliche to even do, probably too tacky to do it, but in a comic series of that oh, character sure. and That'd be cool. his, you know, after Unbreakable, his what he, I don't know, it'd have to be a far and in, far and few between kind of thing. Like, yeah. Now that I've discovered these powers, there's villains every <laughs> night they have to be taken out. Not like that, you know, just as realistically done as possible. Sure. Did um, M Night actually direct Split? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's been on a you know a tear of just horrific movies, but I really want to see that one. That looks, you know, that looks fascinating. I don't know what that was. I okay, I just want to make sure it wasn't. No, like I appreciate you pointing that the out. The recording glitching. No, it wasn't <laughs> the recording. Thank okay, God. Okay, good, good, good. I don't know what it was though. But... Sorry, we just got a little pop up window on there. <laughs> just one. No, you I, need you to see. It. You definitely need to see split. The twist. You guys aren't even really there. <laughs> Whoa. Oh my gosh, I'm talking to nobody. I'm, okay. I'm all three of us. <laughs> I got one here for you that I don't think people nowadays will, you know, they just recognize it as a horror classic, but I don't think they recognize it as one of the, you know, those old school twist endings as the original Friday the 13th. Yes. You know, you're always led to believe exactly. through the movie like that it's actually Jason from the dead or some That's a good point. spiritual force or something, but in, it's just a, a mother scorn, you know, that is doing, doing all the killing. That was a huge twist, was it not? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the, and the reveal on how they, I mean, it turned that horror flick, that kind of, you know, cliche horror flick, in, in certain respects, I guess. I don't know, maybe it was pioneering at the time more so. But it just turned it into something more significant when, you, when they reveal that. Yeah. Gave it that tragic feel where you're like, oh, wow. You know? Yeah. And then I think that the, the, character, the female character at the end starts playing on this lady's delusion and to get out of her being killed. So it was really well done. Yeah, she did. And then they did that again. When, <coughs> when they actually brought Jason in, they were doing that. I remember... Uh, was a young Corey Feldman who had like <laughs> cut all of his hair off to kind of look like Jason, and mm-hmm. then I remember what was in the second one, like when they found second or third one. They I can't remember which one is which, but 
they found the little shack he had been living in out in that swamp. And when they went in, they found his mother's severed head on that shrine he had built. <laughs> oh, gosh, I remember that. And uh, her sweater was there. And the sweater. He, oh, he chased, man. Yes, he chased one of those that girls in there. poor sweater company. And she put that sweater on. Yeah, I know. I just kept thinking, so gross. It was been on a corpse all this time. Gross. Trying to, trying to sell those at Kmart. And they want to... <laughs> we can't move these, Marty. <laughs> but Halloween, man, they're going off the show. <laughs> Rip them up and throw some blood on them. They'll sell like hotcakes. Perfect. I got a I got a twist for you, mm. and this one's kind of a twofer. It's got something of a twist ending, and there's an excellent twist sequence near the end that's not quite the ending. Have either of you ever seen The Prestige? Oh, that's on my list, buddy. Yeah. Oh, so good. Hugh Are you Jackson kidding me? I've seen Christian that more Bear. than once. They're competing magicians. magicians. Oh, yeah, that's and with David Bowie as Nikola Tesla in the greatest casting oh, in the history of film. Dude, I have, David but Bowie I've seen awesome. The Illusionist. The Illusionist in that it, one yeah, came out at the yeah. same time. So no, I often cross the screen. Yes. Both good in their own Both right. fantastic. Yeah, yes, but I love not only the end where you find out there's no teleportation at work here, it's just a crude, horrible cloning, and then there's a bit where they're reading each other's journals, trying to glean secrets from them, and by the end, both of them reach a passage where it's like, anyway, if you believe all that, you know, the guy, and then you realize he's aware, he's writing it to mislead the other guy, and so's the other guy, and they've been <laughs> writing in their own journals to twist each other up, because the hatred pervades every aspect of oh, the movie. Oh, that movie is amazing. It's incredible. I'll have to watch oh, it yeah. again. I've seen you it. you got but... to. I watched it with my son, and it's better when you watch it again, and you just... Oh my gosh. So good. Oh, and when he goes to see Tesla and it's David Bowie, I remember watching that movie with my dad, who's a pretty stoic guy, doesn't say a lot, doesn't show a hell of a lot mm -hmm. of emotion. And then, <laughs> especially in a movie theater. And then Bowie walks up on the screen, I hear him go, David Bowie, <laughs> just like it <laughs> audible clearly across right. the whole theater. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, it is. Just sounds like it's a really good move for any movie maker to want to make a twist ending. And, you know, not just because that's what everyone's doing, but I mean, if you think about it, and, and that's the case with me, and I know, you know, based on what you just said, Brian, you know, watching again was the even better the second time around is because you. You get to experience this uh, oh, the same yes. movie in two different ways. Yeah, yeah. From the naive perspective, and all the details on in a, you know being in on the know. Yeah, and then seeing oh that makes sense. It it invites the second watch. It's an inherent second watch mm -hmm. on a movie. Absolutely. So that's a, that's a good move for a movie maker, I think. A guide. What about you, Brian? What do you got? Oh, which one to pick? I got a few I want to mention, but I'm going to go with, uh, let's see. I'm going to go with an independent film that actually ties into David Bowie, now that we, I think about it. Nope. Directed by David Bowie's son. Oh. His first directorial debut. Are we talking Moon? Yes. Oh, Moon. God, what a great movie. Now... I heard this was a good movie, so I'm kind of like, okay, I saw it at the library, pulled it, and I just watched it alone one night, and uh, it was the perfect movie for this. You know, you don't have interruptions with the kids or, or <laughs> the uh, wife, the wife going, what's going on, you know, and stuff, and I'm like, oh, my God, so... And I'm sitting there watching it, and Sam Rockwell, of course. I you know, fucking love he, Sam Rockwell. I mean, this guy, and, and he wrote this, like, I guess uh, Duncan Jones directed this, and he he wanted Sam Rockwell to 
um, be in his first directed movie, uh, some other movie, and they couldn't agree on the character because Sam wanted to play one of the characters and he wanted Sam to play another one. So he wrote this movie for Sam um, specifically, and that was his directorial debut, and and it was brilliant. And I'm sitting there watching it. And I'm like, is this guy schizophrenic? Is this, um, is who? What's going on here? I couldn't make up my mind. And so, and the music. I'm a huge Clint Mansell. Oh, um, dude, I'm fan. right there with you. And the scene when he's out in the the lunar, uh, whatever the uh, uh, vehicle buggy, and he calls home to his family. And his, what was it? Was his, his daughter answered? Yeah, and yeah. And she's, she's like, like 16, or no, oh, is she 30? 20s, maybe. No. 16 or She's 20. up there, like, yeah, 20s or, or 18 to 20 or something, and she's, like, talking to him, and he doesn't divulge who it is, and the camera is panning around inside. It goes in on his reaction, and it's panning around this vehicle out desolate on the moon. And I'm like, whoa, I was just blown away. But then, of course, the twist ending. Did you see this? Uh, did you both see it? No, I've never seen it. Oh, oh no. really? No. Well, I mean, Make trust me, I, I don't I don't think I was going to rush out and get it either. It's <laughs> called Moon, was it? Moon, yeah, with Sam Rockwell. Huh. Yeah, by Zoe Bowie. Yeah, that Duncan doesn't... Jones. Yeah. Duncan yeah. Jones. I'll just take your word for it. Sounds good. It's why <laughs> the enthusiasm in your eyes is what really sold it for. Oh, sweet dude. Yeah, it's good. Well, nice, cool. Uh, <laughs> um, boy, I just was. I saying, guess I'll see myself out. I'll take a cab. <laughs> no, I had thought of another movie uh, in the middle of that, and I can't remember what it was now. Okay, I got I got another one. Then you might appreciate is one of my favorites as well. Being sci-fi, Twelve Monkeys. I've never I seen thought. that. I have never oh. seen it through to the end. Oh, I've started it four gosh. or five times. All right, uh, I gotta go. Can't <laughs> <laughs> talk. We've no, well, her. I'm telling you, man. I, you know, uh, directed by what's his name? Uh, oh, Terry Gilliam, Gilliam, who's a fucking Gilliam. Yes, and God, that movie is solid. Bruce Willis perfectly casted, and then um, it's intelligent. Oh. I don't know how Brad Pitt didn't win uh, Academy Award. I don't know. I, I, I am aware nominated. of the ending. I just haven't seen it unfold. Twelve Monkeys. I, I couldn't. It's better than Moon, I would say. But Moon has a special place in my heart. But Twelve Monkeys is. You got to see it, man. Otherwise, you know. I feel like out. I've been told that several times in my lifetime. You got to see Twelve Monkeys. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I, I I need to see it. it might be the same person who's just failing in their mission to make you watch 12 Monkeys. And if you'd seen 12 Monkeys, that'd be really funny to you, but you haven't. I haven't. Do you think Brad Pitt's a good actor? I think so. Uh, Yeah, I I think he doesn't have a tremendous range. No. But what he does, I like. Okay, so I thought he was a great actor before I saw 12 Monkeys. But then you see 12 Monkeys, and you're like, okay. There's there's more range in his movie, in his actor, acting in this movie than I think... Uh, quite a bit of his movie. He's pretty off the wall. I really didn't care for his character in World War Z. That was just a bad oh, movie. Oh, that movie kind of sucked. I tell you what, yeah. though, his character in Inglorious Bastards will oh. always be my favorite Brad Pitt character. Mm-hmm. He Not was that good. that's like a huge list that I'm constantly referencing, but man, I love that movie. Yeah, he was good in that. What else was okay. he in? There was something else he was in that. What else was Brad Pitt in? I don't know. He cool. me a lot of stuff, right. I guess. No, that I'm trying to remember. Couple. What else was he in that I've seen? But whatever. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll skip it. 
I've got one here for you guys. This one, uh, I think Kyle brought up maybe at work, yeah. but was like, oh, Damn, Fight Club. Brad Pitt was Fight Club, man. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah, Fight Club. Oh, that's what yeah. you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah there we sure. did. That's that was he it. was brilliant on that. Uh, but no, he brought up um, a movie that was perfect for this segment. The Others. Have you seen The Others? Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a hell of a twist ending because I did not see that coming. And I liked that. Like even like, it took me a minute. Like even while they're showing you what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Like, uh oh. The the best part for me, the best payoff from that twist is, you remember a, a bit where she wakes up or she comes to her, hears the kids crying, and the the shades are open everywhere across the house. Uh-huh. And she makes this mad dash to close them all because yes. the children are supposedly allergic to sunlight. And when you think of it from the other end of yes. that perspective, you're like, there's some deranged ghost slamming shut all the shades. And you're like, oh, no. Like, that would be so frightening. Yeah. Played the standard way in a movie. I thought that was like a brilliant reversal of what you think of as like a classic haunting gag, you know. It was also careful. Like, there was a part where... She's in the bedroom or something, and she hears the piano downstairs playing. So she slowly approaches, and then she opens the door to the room where the piano is. As soon as the door opens, the piano stops. What the fuck is going on? So she goes in and sees no one there, and she shuts the cover over the keys really hard. And I think it even maybe have had a key and locks it, and then walks away, and then it's open and starts playing again. And then, like you just said, on the other side of that... You know, after you know the twist ending, and you, you know you think of the the person in modern yeah, day yeah. who's haunted by that ghost. You're playing piano, the door opens, and then the the cover of the piano slams down on you. I mean, that's, that's those shit. events would just be classic like haunted house fair. Yeah. But now you get the oh man, such a great concept. It was it was yeah, it was perfect. I loved it. What else let we me, got, guys? Let me throw out a few from. I want to give a few shout outs to the people who actually replied to the uh, post. So, yeah, I'm anxious to hear what they said. I want to go through all of them and we'll decide what we want to talk about. If you guys want to chime in on something, then that's great. But so I got Alexander Weaver who uh, uh, put out the movie Diablo. So we'll put that out there. Um, And then we got Damien Lavizzo, The Usual Suspects. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that's at least worth a mention. Huge, yeah. We've got to talk about that. But then Bill Boy Tombato, Shutter Island, which I think... Uh, oh, I did, man. Yeah. I forgot about <laughs> Shutter Island. Right. And then, uh, let's see, I got... Uh, Jeff Woods put out uh, Seven, which is another. There you go. You probably were thinking of Seven with Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's. I mean, what's with one. Brad Pitt and West uh, Endings, man? Gee, Mane. Yeah, that. Oh wow. And then, so Jeff Woods put that one out there. Uh, Joshua Law, my son, put out Donnie Darko. Oh, and I didn't that. I can't remember yeah. at the end of that. It's not Caleb, good. I mean, it's that's a weird movie, it's a man. Ending. Yeah. It is a twist, but it's it's such a weird movie. It's I can't I can't put it all together. Something either. to do with that airplane engine falling through the ceiling, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It had actually fallen on him, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was and, supposed and, to, but didn't. He created a tangent universe, so he had to. But it actually the had. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay, and then John Nelson with Get Out, which I would have to say yes. I want to see that so bad. You what? Seen Get Out yet? No. Oh, wow. Make the time. Everyone just oh. raves about it. I haven't had a movie actually, like, scare me, and I, I everyone says, well, that one will do it. That one, it, it's, I think it, 
it doesn't scare me so much, but it makes such good use of tension. It's creepy. Yes, but not creepy scary. is the it's word. It's extremely uncomfortably creepy, and I'm a white guy. I mean, we're white guys, but my gosh, what would it be like for this guy to be in that kind of a situation? Yeah. Is like, uh, yeah, I don't know, dude. It's um, it makes your skin crawl. You you feel uncomfortable in your seat the whole time you're watching. You're like, Ooh, er, you know, right, it's, right. It's it's a good effect in a positive way. All these, you know. I'll have to watch it. You should. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's brilliantly uh, acted. And then, of course, the, there's sequence in there and sequences, which she's got that teacup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Something boy. so simple turns into, like, this evil device. And yeah. You're like, oh, my gosh. You know, more power than the Force or whatever. And, hey, talking about directorial debuts, that's a pretty strong opening. Holy moly. So... Uh, any other on that list there, Brian? I think I got all the ones, uh, you know, I might have missed somebody, but uh, okay. I think I got all the ones on the list, yeah. There were a few in there that really spoke to me. I can't remember what they were now. Usual but... Suspects is definitely one we're going to have to put a little attention to. That Oh, and then maybe Diablo. So I don't know. I didn't see Diablo, but Usual Diablo. Suspects oh, was... Usual Suspects was brilliantly written, and so you you just... It's the kind of movie that I should see again. My understanding is that the director told every character that they were kind oh, of sozin. Really? And that's how we got, like, the, the vibe right, is that everyone went through it kind of with the ideas, like, these fucking guys don't know that I'm hot shit, and then by the end, it's they, they're not. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Man, Shutter Island I haven't thought about forever. That was uh, that was really good. That's and a great one. Not like the most mind-blowing twist in the no. world. You can kind of see it you coming. You can see it coming. For yeah, it's, that's what I had a problem Just hang out. You're, you stay along but for But it the was ride. still a good film. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think you could tell him, like, when he was on the boat on the way to the island, there was something You're that like, happened on that eh. boat that gave it away right yeah. away. And I can't remember what it was. Something to do with a pack of cigarettes. But, um... Yes, I think so. Oh, what was the other one? Seven. My God. <laughs> oh, man. oh my God! Come on, Brutal. movie that'll make you afraid to open boxes oh, for the rest dude. of your life. And then Kevin Spacey again. He was in Moon as the voice. He was, he was in Seven, yeah. and he was in Usual Suspects. Is there anything he isn't in? Oh man, I almost took a. I almost did it, but I was like, I can't. Oh, I see where you went. With that. Dude, <laughs> I'm glad we both stopped our fist bump, bra. Boom! <laughs> Restraint. <laughs> oh boy. Oh shit. Yeah. All right. Do we have any other? Talk ones? about twist endings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, yeah, I do want to mention. Um, I don't know. You guys, I, I do have a, a few to mention. That a couple that might be worth mentioning. So, did do we have anything else before? No, I I, I'm out. I'm right. dry. Yeah. All right. Um. I wanted to come up with something comedy. I'm like, come on, there's got to be comedies with twist endings. So I don't know if this one's so much a twist ending, but it's an ending that you do not expect. Monty Python and the Search for the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah, in the end, they so, all just get arrested. I mean, I maybe that's not technically a twist. But hey, that you're counts just, as far as I'm concerned. A cop, you know, a cop pulls up and arrests everybody in the <laughs> middle of the medieval and you're like, what in the hell just happened? I've never seen that. 
Monty Python? Oh, really? Yeah. It's not your angle? No, I don't have any interest. You probably kind of missed the boat on that one. Like, I can't imagine... like Missed the boat? I mean, shouldn't a true classic never go out of style? Well, see, that's the thing. I, I feel like it's one of those classics that's sort of buffered by the fact that everybody saw it at a certain time and it like really stuck with them. I don't know if it would like blow your mind if you stopped this show and watched it right now. Yeah, I think it will. I mean, right. it, you might not like the humor because I, I remember watching it with my girlfriend and her mother at the time and the guy's banging. I mean, so they don't have horses. They trot around like they're on a horse and a guy behind them bangs coconuts together to make the sound of a horse trotting. And I remember my girlfriend and, and, and at the time and her mother were just like, and I am in pain. I might I got blood coming out of my mouth from laughing, gut wrenching hilarity. And they're just sitting there. And I, I it made me laugh harder because I'm just like, Are you are you kidding me? This is this makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> and and then they go into a dialogue of how how did you get coconuts? You know, they didn't you know. It's like the the big gag of the movie is them having an argument oh, with these guys. Over I could be on either coast. side of that situation depending on the day, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like you, so if you're not getting that, I, I gave you that scene to give you an idea of if, if that doesn't hit you, then you might not want to watch it. Yeah, I mean it's it's good for a quick chuckle. I think right now. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Lord, you tell me tomorrow I after I've forgotten about. But oh, that's some funny shit, man. But. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to see it. I'll, I'll look no, it up on I'll YouTube. Give it a try. That, well, now be one time. of the most quoted movies out there. One That's of them. a fact. And the entire like Monty Python body of work is coming to Netflix, so you'll have your shot. Hmm. Lucky me. No, <laughs> it's a great <laughs> time. Right. I know this one's up your alley. The Empire Strikes Back. Oh yeah. Granted. Oh man, why didn't you even think of You're that? You're kidding me. We take that for granted, but that was a twist. That was a that twist that... at the time. It's just so in, it's just so ingrained in like the cultural memory. It's just yeah. yeah. And one up on that, the Planet of the Apes. Ooh, goddamn! Yeah. yeah, that's a hell of a twist right there. Oh, that's holy shit! And that was cutting edge because now you you know over and over you see in these movies uh, you know the White House gets destroyed or you know some cultural or you know some significant icon. But that, with the Statue of Liberty, I, it was genius. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just that realization at the very end, like, oh, wow. It doesn't matter where he goes. He's doomed. Yeah, there's there's no There's way. no escape. And what does he say? Damn you! You maniac! You blew it up! I think Psycho's worth mentioning, too. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so, um... I'm Wait, draw it up. really? Well, All right, how about I've never seen Psycho. No. Really? How Whoa. do you get through life not having seen Psycho? Well, you see where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> he lives it, You baby. see what a life without Psycho gets you. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, I can see the benefits. Why you got to see it when you, he dresses up like his mother on the weekends anyways? Yeah, you know. It's like, oh, another so. documentary. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right. I got to do another comedy one because this, is, uh, this was groundbreaking. Too. And I don't... I've never seen it. I might have seen it, like, but I, I didn't watch it live or anything. But So Bob Newhart was on a show called, I think, The Bob Newhart Show for years. <laughs> and he sense. was... Well, yeah. But he... Um, 
he was like had an actress that was his wife portrayed his wife and uh, i don't know how many years that was on but then you know that show oh. ended and then he became on a show called new heart simply yes. for years and he Holy was he was shit. had a new actress wife that portrayed it and then they were going to end it and so the idea was okay he they have him wake up at the end of the show in bed with the wife from the other show and he's like i had the craziest dream <laughs> And I mean, that just blew the roof off of like, uh, you know, people watched it like crazy. And of course, yes. that was just cutting edge. So that was a good show, period. Newhart was. You know what? I've got one to contribute in that same vein, I think. General awesome. Hospital. Right? And all <laughs> General kinds of crossovers from different characters from different shows. In the end, it all takes place in the mind of a child looking at a snow globe. Nuh-uh. Oh, yeah. oh, during the uh, Luke, Laura, and Scorpio run, right? That whole thing. And then, yep, just like, I wonder what goes on in his special brain. It's like, what? apparently a whole fucking sitcom. I watched that. Yeah. I thought that was like a soap opera. No, that is a soap opera. Oh. The Luke and Laura with Scorpio, but it got all weird and sci-fi. He was controlling the weather and shit. What? It went way off the rails. Oh, dude, it was unlike any kind of soap opera. I mean, you know, they were, like, abandoned on an island and, like, shaving with, like, seashells. And the, the he was going to take over. I think the, this was, like, a low-budget ER. So this, this, this is not It's low-budget, yes. <laughs> but Jesus. it was, just like, all over the map. I, I remember uh, when we were kids watching uh, Days of Our Lives and watching Mar- Marlena be possessed by the devil. And, boy... I thought that was some out there shit. I guess I was wrong, huh? It was a different time. (laughs) I guess it was. All right. Any other twist endings? I don't know. I think that's just about all I've got. Yeah, there's, there's, I'm sure there's some, but I I haven't covered quite a bit. Well, what's the term of what we've listed here, which should be the the winning, the the best of all time? Oh, boy. That's a, uh, well, I think if we're talking cultural, it depends on the criteria. We're talking oh. cultural significance, Empire Strikes Back. I was just thinking that, yes. Yeah. Or Planet of the Apes. Or pl- oh, yeah. You know what? I think Star I'm Wars has got to... Planet of the Apes beat, though. I, mean, I don't know. On. Just chronologically. I don't know, dude. Planet of the Apes. Are you talking dude. cultural influence? Is this a really a question between no, Star I, Wars and Planet of the fucking Apes? I'm just saying that they both care. They haven't Wars made Christmas. They haven't coined Christmas Planet of the Apes. The holiday. Christmas of the Apes. No, they haven't. It's fucking Star Wars, right. son. Star Wars. Jesus. What's I'm just trying uh, to steer us in a more progressive direction. <laughs> Think outside yeah, the yeah. box it, a little. It is. You're right. Star Wars is nothing holds a candle to Star Wars. So. It should though. But the Prestige, man, I am leaning so on that good. one too. So good. I can't and then we got that. Fight Club, and we got Six Sense, and Psycho, and mm. oh, did you see Diablo? The the one uh, mentioned. No, I've, Diablo. I've never seen that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we all haven't seen it. But it's got Scott Eastwood in it, so I don't know how good that is. Scott Eastwood, heir to the Eastwood fortune. All right, I'm going to go. Let's all say three or so, and or at least two, and then we'll narrow it down from there. I'm going to go with my three is I'm going to say, okay, Planet of the Apes. I guess Empire Strikes Back is good, too, because um, I guess that's huge. It's it's just I think we take that one so much for granted, yeah. and, but we got to kind of put it in context. And then uh, 
I think I'm gonna go with Prestige, man. The Prestige I just thought was brilliant. At the risk of being unoriginal, I have to take that exact same set. I agree with you completely on that one. Okay. I'll have to agree with you both on Empire, but the other two would be Unbreakable and um, probably the others, just because of hey, the impact. Still strong they had contenders, on me. and I I don't disagree with you. So I mean, the common denominator. Okay, so Empire. Bob Newhart yeah. wins. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, I think that's a great pick, though. I mean, Cameron. obviously it is. It's so well known that you forget it's a twist ending. Right, you know, right. everyone knows. Like, oh yeah, hell yeah. Luke, I am your father. Even though that's not what was said. Mm-hmm. Even if you haven't Sorry, seen the movie, that came out really weird. That was like a yawn, and I tried to say yes. <laughs> like, <"Ooh." laughs> Sound like a fucking seal. Who brought there. the walrus? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was. What was the winner of uh, the openings? I can't remember. Best opening sequence. We were talking Watchmen. Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Watchmen and The Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. for the best twist ending. Two great tastes that taste great together. That they do. I haven't I would said watch that them in back months, together. So you were due for one. No one can give you were due shit for one. Or, or no one it. gave you shit ever. I know. I guess I lived in a fantasy world where we were getting a lot of listener feedback, and that was one of the things <laughs> they were talking about. <laughs> Keep fantasizing, Jake. Keep in a world where people interact with us. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. This has been a lot of fun. I always love Damn doing right. this. Yeah. But before we go, Brian, let's turn our attention toward you and uh, talk a little bit about this Kickstarter. I got to admit, I'm a little bit in the dark. I mean, I remember you had mentioned it, but I can't remember if this was just uh, for a uh, the next uh, issue of uh, Staunch Ambition or if this was for another project. This is for issue three, Staunch Ambition. Issue three is complete. I'm just wrapping up some of the lettering and... Uh, we got like colors on the final page are just uh, details putting in and then I'll send it to the editor. Issue three is gorgeous. Uh, you guys have probably seen the cover by Clayton Crane. I've been posting it um, online. I dream yes. come true. Get Clayton Crane to do my cover. And that happened for this issue three. It is amazing looking. So the stars align for this issue. I've had uh, two songs for... Uh, since I think issue one professionally originally uh, written for the book and I wasn't working on getting other songs done but uh, I um, connected with Silver Meow and we put together um, some industrial techno music and you can see it in the trailer in the Kickstarter one of the songs it is I couldn't love it more man it's perfect for sci-fi it's uh, kind of like movie score feel, so it fits the, the book. So we have two new um, like scores composed for uh, um, issue three that are available. You know, I, you get the MP3s with the uh, rewards. Um, so yeah, this this Kickstarter is uh, going on right now. It's the only way as an independent creator I can do, continue to do the book. So. Uh, please encourage everyone to at least check it out share it if you don't have money but um i got some amazing kickstarter rewards that are exclusives to kickstarter so i want to i want to reward people yeah and i'm running out of them so uh like i had uh the last issue kickstarter someone had bought the uh reward to be a character and boy did i have fun with this guy and i only show zoomed in prop you know his face and his expressions and it just does not look too good for the guy but you got to get the book to find out what the hell's happening and what's happening is pretty badass so anyways so i've already sold the two that i had available for issue four right away so those are sold out but i have exclusives where you can have your artwork in the book 
two of those available. I have exclusives issues, variant covers of issue. I still have some left of issue one and issue two, and they're limited, they're numbered, and they're signed, and they're running out, obviously, for issue one and two. And then I got Clayton Crane variant cover um, that comes with a print that's also limited and signed. So these are actually each numbered, and so, yeah, yeah, people are grabbing those as well. So, you, you know, I, I want to give people who do the Kickstarter support me because it's huge. I have to be able to do the Kickstarter, and uh, to it's to print the money is going to go to print issue three and to fund the production of issue four. So, so yeah, if you support the Kickstarter, you're going to get something I do not sell anywhere else, not at a con, not online, nowhere except for Kickstarter. That's how you always get me exclusives. <laughs> yeah. Exclusive. Oh, they're beautiful too. You could I say know. like, "Oh, I'm selling exclusive fish sticks. I've only made a batch of twelve. And be like, <laughs> shit, I need one of those fish sticks. <laughs> exclusively fell onto the floor, <clears throat> and I'm not going to eat anywhere them. else. It's the, it's the truth. It's Anyone the truth. else would throw them away. <laughs> oh man, yes, I'm running out, man. So yeah, uh, you know, pick them up. Tell your mother. Tell your, your brother. Hey, um, mom. Yo, Ma, go support Staunch Ambition, yeah, huh? I'm sorry, I, Ma. <laughs> we will tell our mothers and our brothers, Brian. Sure will. Uh, we'll tell everyone that's uh, going to be checking us out on Facebook and on Twitter uh, and help you spread the word, sir. Yeah, uh, and I'll, send you, I'll send you the music put into the, uh, ah, this episode. Awesome. Oh, man, I'll send you both. You could pick one of the two and say, you know, whichever the one you like. Great. Yes, please do. That would be amazing. Yes, please do. And, uh, yeah, to everyone at home, check it out for sure. You know, follow the links on our website or on our social media. Uh, you're going to like what you see. This is a gorgeous book. And the cover art he was just speaking of, we were looking at right now. And, uh, damn. <laughs> Dude, whether at my house or here in this studio, I've been under the watchful, somewhat disapproving gaze of this giant flaming red cyber humanoid <laughs> for a long time. So I can attest to the staying power of this art. Oh yeah, Brian, your uh, your staunch ambition poster that you uh, signed and gave us is on the wall here in the, here, the studio here. Oh shit! Well, post that up and uh, tag me, man. I want to see a picture of it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> well, is that right next to the uh, um, uh, Britney Spears poster? No, that one's uh, above my uh, bed. <laughs> <laughs> on the ceiling. Yeah. Flat. <laughs> Okay, a few marks on it, a few tears. But, it's know, looking a little. It still gets the job done. Sticky. <laughs> it's looking sticky. sticky. Once it grows. So it's, it's a little glossier than when I got. That was a matte finish when I bought it. Hey oh. Anyway, printing jokes. <laughs> really speaking to our core audience there. Yeah, and I, 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 I don't want to just go on about. I, I don't want to just go on about the cover artist, Clayton, because I, I'm kind of like a kid on Christmas when he signed on to do the book. And, and like I said, he's one of my favorite artists. But the interior art by Erwin Arosa and Neil Anderson. Um, and my editor is co-writing with me now, Leah Letterman. So I got the uh, uh, great – she's brilliant and it gives that female perspective. So, um, But Erwin and, and Neil Anderson's uh, interior art – is like it wouldn't it wouldn't be right to have Clayton Crane's cover and then you open it up and it's like subpar it's it's all full paints and so i think that uh, um this this book is gorgeous and and very detailed and these guys are 
I have a great team working with me on it. So yeah, and I only mentioned the cover art because that's all we can uh, really see here. But uh, you know, I'm sure what's inside is just as good, if not better. I cannot wait to see it. You're going to have to be sure to send us uh, some previews once they yeah, become yeah. available. I'm really anxious. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't yeah, think I'm going to be seeing them. Yeah, sure thing, those asshole. previews here, Jake. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm. I, when you say that, I just think of all the work I got to do stuff to get done in that time. Sorry, didn't mean to kill your buzz. There. Oh, man. Anyway, we'll let you get to back get to your landslide of responsibility. <laughs> But again, this has been a lot of fun, Brian. So uh, thank you for uh, setting this up and uh, the best of luck to you on your Kickstarter. We'll do our part in helping get word your way, man. Yeah, you're going to be in Columbus, right? Desert World? Oh, yeah. All right, then I look forward to seeing you guys. Nice. Awesome. Looking forward to it ourselves. Let's hang out if you you can. Let's uh, let's get something uh, after the show if you're going to be there. If not, whatever. I'll just say hi to you there. (laughs) <laughs> we'll work something yeah, out. We can pay eight bucks a piece for a four dollar sandwich and sit around yeah. on an empty stage somewhere. <laughs> it happens. Jake, what do we got on the website? We've got all things that are good on the website. We've got all of our episodes, our special guest page with some of our more prestigious interviews. Um, we've got our contacts page if you're interested in showcasing some of your written works, art, etc., even music, whatever. You want to be on the show, let us know. Uh, we've got links to all of our social networking. That's at CandairPod on Twitter and at Canned underscore Air on Instagram. Don't forget, Canned Air is also on Patreon. So if you like what we do, throw a couple bucks our way. Helps more than you know. And $5 or more will get you into the Patreon Founders podcast. There a little special backstage mm-hmm. chilling with your buddies kind of yeah. kind of vibe. Love it. Yeah, It's therapeutic, that show. I yeah, mean, this right one is, is too, but uh, there's something about a, that one that's just cathartic. getting it off the yeah. chest. Kind of, yeah. Like, and another thing. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't normally say this on the regular show, but since it's the founders... I hate all people whose skin color is slightly different than mine, <laughs> right. and I've been dying to let the world know. Well, we're, we're not doing that kind of ranting. No, but, not so much. <laughs> uh, is there anything else? Not that I can think of. All right. Well, until next time. <laughs> what a nice lackluster. <laughs> Anything else? No. No, we're we done. covered everything, man. <laughs> Says it all. <laughs> yeah. Until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jake Runyon. I'm Brian Lowe. Thanks for listening, everyone. see this movie but wait timmy's blind but what am i supposed to do why not try a podcast spirit spirit all the comic and pop culture entertainment you could want in the canned air podcast finally a form of entertainment not fully reliant on visual stimulation now we know and knowing is half the battle G.I. Psycho. Another. Sorry. Non committal, just.
<laughs> I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.